Welcome to the Political Pop Culture Podcast, where the important and the not-so-important issues of the day are broken down, discussed, and occasionally even mocked and ridiculed by a couple regular guys from flyover country. I am JP, and with me as always is Urban the Millennial. And if you did not catch our last podcast, we talked about the well, the disgusting response on Twitter to the loss of Rush Limbaugh, which unfortunately was really not that unexpected. Celebrating the death of someone with whom they disagreed with has become commonplace with a lot of those disgusting people over on Twitter. We also talked about the ongoing drama with Gina Carano, Lucasfilm, and the whole canceled Disney Plus response. And the continuing onslaught of the angry cancel culture mob against, uh, well, anyone and everyone who doesn't bow at their altar of political correctness. Well, this last week, we've had an interesting week in news. First of all, where in the hell is Joe Biden? We've got sexual harassment governor, Texas and Mississippi dropping mask mandates, which is awesome. Speaking of Texas, Texas Governor uh, Greg Abbott wants to do away with big tech censorship in his state. Plus, OnlyFans Hot Milf gets exposed, if you'll pardon the pun, to her neighbors and her kids end up being expelled from school as a result. Again, interesting week in news. So, Irvin the Millennial, Irvin the Millennial, how's your week been, man? How are you? Uh, how you doing? You looking forward to having some fun with the topics this week? Oh, absolutely, always am. Good afternoon, political pop culture. Let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> so we start off. We start off this week with Hayden Biden, and I know I'm pulling out an old Trumpism there, Hayden uh, Biden. Joe Biden has not had a solo press conference since he took uh, since he took office and we are now almost halfway through his first 100 days and while we have seen Joe Biden take a few questions here or there from the press what we've seen really has been uh, handling with kid gloves they're they're lobbing softballs at him and what we're seeing is um, you know it's kind of sad really um, and I think I think I'm gonna play a quick clip for you I think this will explain why we're not seeing much of Joe Biden. Good afternoon, or almost actually it's evening. And uh, I want to thank you, uh, Governor Ms. Abbott, for uh, your hospitality and your friendship. And uh, Representative Senator Cornyn, I think he had to go back. Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me a little last, he came in to see me last event. And Representative Cheryl. Uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinnell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Okay, so you know, losing track, I, I'm not going to fault Joe Biden. I am not going to fault Joe Biden for not remembering somebody's name. I mean, for the love of God, there's over 400 representatives. You can't remember every single one of them. Um, so I'm not going to fault him for that. When he talked about, when he talked about, uh, Cornyn, you know, he came and he, he saw me at a, you know, I saw me at another event. He just started rambling on and, you know, that I found a little bit distressing, honestly. Uh, and the other thing that really bothers me about that clip is that he was reading. I mean, the, it was, all the information was literally right in front of him and for him to lose track while he's reading, um, I think, you know, I think is a little concerning. I mean, this is, this is not some schmuck doing a podcast. This is the president of the United Mother States. I think that it's disturbing. And I think that they are probably keeping him from doing a press conference because they're afraid, they're scared to, scared to hell of, of what would happen if, uh, you know, if he was to get uh, released to the hounds, so to speak. And real quick, I know Irvin, you're you're ju- you're jumping or uh, wanting to jump you're in good, here, but you're good. <laughs> I've got I've got one clip, and just to kind of back up what I'm saying here, 
or not back up, but to uh, kind of elaborate on what I'm saying here. Um, this is uh, Carl Rove. Carl Rove was on Fox News. I know there's a shot. Carl Rove was on Fox News. Holy crap. Uh, but this was uh, this was something that he said regarding this subject. And, and I just thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I think they're protecting him. They did this during the campaign. They wisely made a decision that uh, let the focus remain on Donald Trump, hide him in the hide Joe Biden in the basement in, in uh, Delaware, and it worked. And uh, I think they've seen since the campaign ended that he's not good at the end of the day, that he's not really good on his feet, and they may be protecting him, hoping him to stave off a further decline in his numbers. Yeah, and I think that's probably a really good strategy on the part of uh, of Biden's handlers. The more you keep him away from people, the better he looks. Well, I don't see how anybody in the press could really take this as a, as a surprise, though, um, especially especially any member of the left press, because this is exactly how do, that Joe Biden ran his campaign. He would disappear for months at a time. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what Carl Rove just said. They'd, they'd yeah. hide him in the basement in Delaware, and that's how he won. They, they didn't beat Trump. They let Trump beat himself. That's, that's exactly right. But now Joe Biden actually has to... Step up. Be, He's got to do something. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got the job. You've got to actually do the job. And you can't just, you know, come on, man. And that's malarkey your way into, uh, you know, into settling trade disputes or, or well, I guess I was going to say into legislation, but we don't have to worry about legislation because King Joseph will just sign another executive order. He's already signed more than any president in history has in his first month, month and a half. Yeah, and you know it's it's funny he's sat back in his basement and let Jan Saki basically take every single haymaker that he's had to actually endure. Like she she absolutely does get beat up um, on her daily briefings, and they do ask her some very fair questions, and she answers them like an absolute buffoon. Yeah, <laughs> um, because she'll get asked something like, "Well, what's a why hasn't Joe Biden been in Texas since this disaster?" Well, because um, you know uh, racism, duh. Well, everything is racism. Everything. Well, you know, uh, how are you going to help my small business? Well, first, I'd like to point out that uh, we we appointed a woman to to chair the uh, small business uh, whatever well, whatever committee. It's identity like, politics, like, man. That's 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 what the left is all about. It's identity politics and racism. In fact, anyways. I covered uh, I covered a story the other day on my take uh, talking about Joy Reid, MSNBC's Joy Reid, made some absolutely just vile, vile, horrific, racist comments on her show. And, um, and that was my conclusion of that whole, my take was this is the new playbook of the left. When, when they can't talk about the science anymore, when the, when the science doesn't back up their position, they revert back to their old standby racism. If you don't agree, or if you do something that we don't like, it's because you're a racist. You're not doing it for any good reason. You're only doing it because you're a bad person. And they're starting to lose the control that they once had during COVID. And that's why you're seeing the race card being thrown around like it's candy. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, and we'll get into this in a minute. I mean, you've got states now that are starting to back away from the mandates. I mean, you had North Dakota a few weeks ago. You've got, now you've got Texas and Mississippi. And again, I don't, I'm, I'm getting ahead of the game here, but... Um, we yeah, came in all guns and blazing today, didn't we, folks? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, no, I think that's a great point, though, that they are losing control of the fear. And that's just it. When A year ago, and that's it. It's, it is now Almost March. Almost a calendar year. Yeah, it's, it's now March of 2021. You remember two weeks to flatten the curve? Yeah, yeah, it's been a year. It's been a year, and people are realizing, holy crap, the CDC numbers do not bear out what the press and the president and the democratic politicians are telling us. Oh, you have to be so afraid. This is killing so many people. But the numbers that their own CDC put out on a daily basis don't bear that out. There's, you know, look, I, again, I, I, I am not saying that people, especially people with pre-existing conditions or with comorbidities, should not be concerned about COVID. And I am certainly not making light of the people who have suffered and or died as a result of COVID. I am just saying that the numbers don't bear out that this is the, the next Spanish flu. It's just not. And we have seen uh, 
in in Florida, I use Florida as an example all the time. God, I wish I was in Florida. Um, I use Florida as an example all the time. Their numbers are incredible, better than more than well more than half the country, and they've been open since June. So anyway, again, getting getting off topic here. Hiding Biden, uh, where is he? What's he doing? Why are they hiding? Well, I th- obviously, this is all speculation, but the appearance certainly appears to be that they're hiding him because they're afraid he's going to come out and say or do something stupid on camera. Biden has always gaffed in every single position he's ever held. Well, going, that's a f- back, going back to him being 30 years old, he has always gaffed. Yeah, that's a f- very fair point. And so, I mean, it's even, even if he was completely just all there, I still think that they would limit his press his press exposure just because they don't want him to talk about how he can't go to a 7-Eleven and not see an Indian. Well, or, or how he doesn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. Yeah, something like that. Sure. So they were always going to shield him from the press, but this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I the the idea that there's some cognitive decline there is absolutely fair. Well, I, I think it's fair. To, okay, I think it's fair to speculate. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. For full disclosure, here, this is not something I talk about um, publicly, but I. Am, and most people don't know this, but I am a primary caregiver to a loved one who has dementia, who has Alzheimer's. Um, so what scares me about Joe Biden is that there's a lot of times the look that I see in his eye is the same look that I see in the eyes of my loved one that I care, uh, that I care for daily, where it's like, I know, I know there's something that I'm supposed to say or do, or there's a word that I need to, to get out and I just can't make it come. And it starts with a little frustration and maybe fear and anger. And, um, I tell you what, you know, I, I pray for, I do, I pray for Joe Biden. I pray that I pray for our country that, that we're making a a mountain out of a molehill. I I hope that it's not that he is, uh, has got some kind of, uh, disease or a progressive condition that is making his uh his mental acuity lesser but uh but man if that's the case this is the president of the united states and and the people of the united states have a right to know what's going on with his health 100 percent. so well and on top of that if that is the case again i'm going to preface this with as many things that i could possibly say if that is the case how disgusting is it for them to basically throw him up there like a puppet well, uh, if, 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 if there's something the going on and if it's been known. Yes. And that's what I'd love to see come out and, you know, won't until long, long after the fact, I'm sure. But if it turns out that there is something going on with him and it turns out that it has been going on since before the election and it's something that people around him knew about, you know, at, at what point... Do you say, okay, you know, not only maybe, maybe they didn't do anything criminally wrong, but you know, at what point do you say, look, you've got no moral high ground to stand on? Well, and here's the other thing too. Um, does that make any of the legislation or any of the executive orders he passed uh, valid anymore? Because you have to have mental competency before you can sign a, a legal document. Yeah. See, and I, <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking in terms of the of the executive orders. Yeah, that's a great point. Would any of those executive orders be valid if it was shown that, uh, that in fact he was suffering from some kind of a, uh, mental condition or a declining cognitive ability? Uh, that's a great point. And certainly something that we could talk about all day. Unfortunately, we don't have all day. We, we don't have all day. I mean, we do, but you guys are going to, you know, the listeners are going to get bored and we don't want to, we don't want to bore people. Absolutely. So, so um, next, next topic we have, uh, we're talking about the sexual harassment governor, Andrew Cuomo and a- Andrew Cuomo just can't seem to catch a break. Not that he deserves one. Um, the guy is absolutely a piece of trash. Uh, I'm sorry. It's my opinion that he's absolutely a piece of trash. Uh, seriously, how is this guy running the state of New York and he's never, uh, never, he's, he has mandated that other people sit through sexual harassment training, but he's never sat through it himself. I mean, maybe we should call this guy. Please welcome Petey, the sexual harassment panda. Who lives in the East Meet the Willow Tree? Sexual harassment, 
panda who explains sexual harassment to you and me. Sexual harassment, panda. Don't say that, don't touch there, don't be nasty, says the silly bear. He's gonna tell you what's right and wrong. Sexual harassment, panda. Hi, boys and girls. Say hi to sexual harassment, panda. Okay, so seriously, two more accusers now have come forward accusing Governor Cuomo of sexual uh, sexual misconduct. And you know what that makes me? That makes me a sad panda. Sad panda. Now, seriously, this would be this this scandal would be the end of any Republican governor, probably any Republican politician's career. And frankly, it would be the end of the career of most Democratic governors or politicians. So why in the hell has this not yet ended the career of Andrew Cuomo? Why is he not resigned? A couple things. First, this is the guy that drove the COVID narrative. Um, oh, absolutely. Very, very much, very much all of last year, he drove the COVID narrative. So if they, if the Democrats essentially shun him, they're almost... They're they're losing a little bit of a lever, little bit of a leverage piece in the COVID the COVID battle if that makes any sense to you there JP. How many times has Biden said that this guy is the gold standard? Absolutely. This Absolutely. guy is the gold standard. Well, Absolutely. if he's the gold standard, what the hell's the silver standard? And, well, and here's the other point to that gold standard piece. But yeah, the 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 gold standard on the left really isn't a hard high bar to climb uh, to clear, I suppose. No. Um, but. Also, Jen Psaki was asked point blank, does Joe Biden still believe that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard? And she didn't answer the question. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Just obfuscate. You know that I tell you what, if there is if there is one word that comes to mind when when I think about uh, Jen Psaki, it's it's obfuscation. She absolutely refuses to just answer the damn question. So one of the things that Irvin the Millennial had brought up in our, our pre-podcast discussion was the identity of politics and how everything that Jen Psaki says seems to go back to identity politics. In fact, we were talking about small business, and you had brought up something that she had said about, uh, well, you know, talking about how are we going to help small business? Well, we appointed a woman to be uh, the head of, you know, whatever department it was. And w- what does that have to do with anything? What is that? How? Okay, so you appointed a woman. Great. It, but what is she going to do? What's what's the process going to be to help small businesses, to help Americans? I don't care what gender the, the, the person trying to offer assistance is. What I care is what's the quality of the assistance that they're offering? Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it turns out the economy really doesn't care if men or women run it. Um, at the end of the day, the, the, the quality of the job being done is probably the only question that you probably need to ask, but we can't do that. We have to make sure we get our sound bites in. Yeah, indeed. And speaking of sound bites, um, we, uh, we totally got off track there. We're talking about sexual harassment governor and, uh, you know, we got off onto this tangent because, you know, he's the gold standard. And again, I, I am really curious, why has this guy not resigned. I I do not believe that he can weather this storm. I I do not think that there is a way for him to, to, to combat this. Well, and so he really, he really can't. Um, Unfortunately, he really can't combat this. And you, we're, we're looking at CNN articles in front of us here, JP. So it's really going to be hard for a Democrat to come, to come back from anything that CNN has started to attack them on. Oh, sure. But the thing that the reason I I know why he hasn't, and the reason being is him and Donald Trump are very much alike. Neither of neither of these people are going to ever de- admit defeat, even if they're literally looking right at they're looking at at it right in the face. Absolutely. Well, yeah, both narcissists, no question. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no absolutely. Question. <laughs> absolutely. It is time, frankly, for this story to go away. I think it is time for. Uh, I think it is time for Cuomo to step well, down. I, do I think he's going to? No, no, he's not. Uh, and but it, I think I think that there's a really good chance when you have when you have Democrats in New York talking about uh, impeachment, 
I think your governor is pretty much hosed. So I, I agree. And on top of that, him resigning for reasons of sexual sexual harassment is actually probably the lesser of two evils, if you think about it, for one, the Democrats, but also Andrew Cuomo. This is a man who could potentially have committed crimes with his, de- with his dealing of COVID when he forced the, the elderly back into the nursing homes after they tested positive for COVID-19. Um, so ab- abs- actually, when you think about it, resigning because of sexual harassment allegations might actually be a net win for Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up. It was something that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to get into a little bit. Isn't it funny that the entire narrative now is all talking about the sexual misconduct, the sexual harassment claims against Andrew Cuomo. And all of a sudden, the COVID death story has gone away. It's like, okay, okay, we have something else to talk. This is the press, you know, oh my God, we have something else to talk about. Thank God, or sorry, the press, it'd be thank the flying spaghetti monster that uh, we've got something to talk about other than the COVID deaths, because that made him look so bad. Almost this, criminal. Yeah, yeah. Borderline criminal. Well, and like you said, makes Biden look bad because, you know, hey, he's the gold standard. Hey, man. It looks makes all the Democrats look bad, to be honest with you. And the reason being is there were theories that if it went to a brokered it went to a brokered convention where neither Bernie or Biden won the won, won the appropriate amount of delegates to win the nomination. That it was going to go to a brokered convention, and the superdelegates were going to place Andrew Cuomo as the actual candidate for president. Those can, were the theories. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if right now this story was breaking? First of all, the COVID story, and now the sexual harassment stories. Can you imagine if these stories were breaking? If Andrew Cuomo was God forbid sitting in the White House? Oh, it'd be, it, I, I, it would be, it'd be, it, yeah, it would be over. They, they would, <laughs> if if they weren't if they weren't screaming for uh, for uh, impeachment the way that they were for Trump, it would be uh, it would be a crime I think against the American people. What if Andrew Cuomo's name was Ron DeSantis? Oh, it'd be over. You would not stop hearing. There would not be another story that would get any. Literally every other major news story in the country would die from suffocation. All of the air being sucked out of the room to feed the fire of going after Ron DeSantis. If there was anything like this that they could nail him. If you don't think that's the case, if you think that we're just a, a bunch of crazy right wing nuts living in flyover country, look what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. Those were oh, yeah. st- stories that were flat out lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lies, and then the people who supposedly said them would even come back and say, "Well, I, I don't remember saying that." You know, right? No, Tra- I, I. Well, how was it you put it? You know, oh, he went from uh, I saw him spiking the drinks to uh, well, I saw him standing next to a punch bowl once. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was ludicrous, and you're starting to see. You are starting to see some baseless attacks being launched in the direction of Ron DeSantis. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that over the next few years. And the reason I think you're going to see that is because Ron DeSantis, as far as I'm concerned, look, I know Trump teased it at CPAC. I do not believe that Trump is running again. I I, would agree. I, I don't, I don't, I do not believe that Trump is going to run in 2024. First of all, he'll be 78 years old. I think that, that Trump will end up, instead of being the king, he's going to be the king maker when we get to 2024. He's going to, it's going to be his guy that is, that is put in front of the, the, the people. And it's going to be his guy that takes the white house. And I think that right now, if I'm a betting man right now, I'm given big, big, big odds that Ron DeSantis is that guy. So I know we're getting a little bit off topic. We here, are getting but, way off. But topic here's here. the thing. The Republicans would be absolutely insane to, not include Donald Trump in pieces of the party. And that's why Cheney from Wyoming is absolutely just out of her mind stupid for even suggesting he shouldn't be involved in some point in, in some capacity with the party. Well, if you look at his numbers in Florida and if you look at his numbers in Ohio, those two states are really big states when you when you look talk about victory. When he win Florida by seven points, Ohio was over before I went to bed that night. Yeah. Like yeah. if you if you don't take at least something that he did, some some way that he brought those voters in you're stupid. No, you're you're getting... absolutely out of your mind. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, I think that Ron DeSantis, and again, we're way off. We we're talking about sexual harassment governor, and somehow we ended up talking instead about the best governor in the in the country. And yeah, I said it. I said it. Ron DeSantis is the best governor in the country. So the rest of you all take note. Take note. And we're actually going to get to a couple other governors here in a minute. But yeah, take note. Ron DeSantis is kicking ass and taking names in Florida. So the rest of you all should pay attention. I think when you when you talk about what's going on in upcoming presidential elections, we talk about 2024. Again, I think that uh, that Donald Trump is going to be the kingmaker as opposed to the king. I think that you are absolutely correct, Irvin the Millennial, when you say if that if the Republican Party does not pay attention to Trump, they are going to fail and they're going to fail miserably. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in 2022. Okay, so anyway, we kind of got way off the rails there. And this is what we do, folks. This is, you know what, this is not a sat, we don't sit down and script all this stuff. We just sit down and kind of shoot the crap. And uh, this is what it sounds like when Irvin the Millennial and I talk without the microphones on. So um, we're just kind of giving you a treat today. Okay, so we talked about Hyden Biden, we talked about the sexual harassment governor. And now we're talking about governors, one of my favorite governors in the country, Greg Abbott. And I know I'm going to get crap for that because of what happened with the, the storm and all that, but seriously, grow up. Uh, Texas and Mississippi have reopened to cheers from sane people, but uh, at the same time, they're drawing irrational insults and fear-mongering of being Neanderthals from a certain demographic of old people who also happen to be simultaneously releasing COVID-positive illegal aliens into South Texas without testing or quarantining. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. Hey, look, Joe, reopening the country, getting rid of these draconian mask mandates and letting people get back to work and school and living their lives. It's easy, man. How easy? It's so easy. A caveman could do it. <laughs> OK, I'm making fun. Obviously, that's what I do. I'm kind of a jerk. It's been a year. We talked about this a little bit ago. We're going to talk about it again now. We are now at the year anniversary of the two weeks to flatten the curve. And you still have people scared to death from one side of this country to the other because of the nonstop fear-mongering about COVID-19. Now, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is the last time I'm going to say it today. I am not making light of COVID-19. Anybody who's suffered ill effects from it, anybody who has lost a friend or a family member, I'm not making fun or saying that it doesn't exist. What I'm saying is it has been ridiculously blown out of proportion for the last year. And I am not going to say COVID beat Donald Trump in the 2020 election, but anybody who doesn't acknowledge that COVID played a huge part in Donald Trump losing the 2020 election is either ignorant or they're being intellectually dishonest. So uh, I agree with Texas. I agree with Mississippi and North Dakota was just a few weeks ago that they, uh, that they voted to end mask mandates in the state. I am all for reopening the, the country. I think that we should be able to travel unmolested and unrestricted from state to state. Now, look, if you're a private airline, if you're Southwest airline, I'm not picking on Southwest, all of them are doing it. But if you're a private airline and you say, look, if you want to get on board our aircraft, you're going to wear a mask. Hey, man, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for private businesses being able to do what they want to do. But on the flip side of that is, let's say Alaska Airlines, and they have not said this, by the way, if Alaska Airlines was to say, well, you can get on our planes and you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to. They should be able to do that and let the people decide which airline they want to fly. But instead, you have the government in the form of King Joseph I saying, no, 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 no. You want to travel domestically on airplanes? You're putting on a mask. So... You know, it's funny that you phrase it that way and painted that way, because that's exactly what uh, Governor Abbott said was basically we don't need the government to control what these people do anymore. Um, people can now make their own decisions about the masks they wear and the, the precautions that they take, but the government doesn't need to do this anymore. So really what we're seeing here is two very contrasting styles. And the reason that Biden 
calls people names here, and that's exactly what he did. He called called anybody that disagrees with him a Neanderthal. Absolutely. It's because he's starting to lose that control because people are tired of this. Um, they're starting to lose a lot of that control, and turns out when people start to lose that control they get a little irritated about it that's why biden called you called he called you all neanderthal neanderthal that's right we yeah he, he was not calling greg abbott right a, a neanderthal he was calling anybody who agrees with him a neanderthal and that's and you know we we saw joy reese joy reese say say uh basically that uh, conservatives would give all the, all their tax cuts away if they could use the N word openly, and now we have we have Joe Joe Biden saying you're a Neanderthal if you disagree with him. This is what these people think about you, JP. Yeah, you got to stop using the phrase "you people." You gotta, <laughs> seriously, you got because for, you're talking about Joy Reid, who happens to be black, and then you use the phrase "you uh, people," and I know that you didn't mean it that man. way, but you're going to get us in trouble, man. So no, uh, seriously, I'm giving him some crap here, but. But yeah, so Joy Reid, anybody who didn't see it, and I, and I don't have this stuff queued up. I apologize. I, I just did uh, a, a story on this on my take the other day, and you're, you're welcome to go back and watch it on Rumble or YouTube. But Joy Reid said some absolutely horrific things on, uh, on her show on MSLSD. Sorry, that's a, that's a Mark Levin line, uh, MSNBC. Um, and she basically what she said was, Reopening the states is racist. <laughs> Getting rid of mask mandates and telling businesses that they can open at full capacity is racist. How is it racist? How do we make that jump in finger quote logic? Well, here's how. According to Joy Reid, everybody who works in your favorite restaurant is black. All the people cooking your steaks, they're black. Yeah, they're, they're people of color. Everybody working in the factories to make the stuff you want is black. This isn't me saying it. This is Joy Reid saying it. She actually said the only reason they want to reopen is because they want to go back out to dinner and they want, they want those people of color out there making my steak and uh, those people of color out there in the factories making my stuff. That's literally what she said. She, she, the, the, affluent, the affluent people, I don't think she actually went so far as to say the affluent white people. I'd have to listen to the clip again. But that was the implication was, oh, all these, these rich white people. They want the black people back to work so that they can, you know, they can make their stuff for them. The the actual headline on MSNBC, I believe, was Republicans and conservatives would give back all their tax tax cuts if they could use the N word open. Well, that openly. that was that was actually something else that she said. That was in a tweet. Was that, that was in a that tweet? was okay? That wasn't yeah, from that the was same in a tweet. And, and what happened was um, Barry Weiss, who was uh, she, she's in a she's a, a writer. She was an op editor for um, the New York Times and uh, the Wall Street Journal. And she had written an article, uh, which was a really good read. And, and this is, um, you can find all this information on the My Take about Joy Reid. Uh, I linked uh, the article and stuff. Uh, but it was, a, it was a really, really good article. Um, and she, she posted it, uh, she posted a link to it on Twitter and Jason Johnson, who is a um, he is a journalism professor, and he is also a contributor, an MSNBC contributor. It would, and he was on. He was actually on that show that we were talking about, where uh, where Joy Reid said she was talking to him when she was talking about uh, you know black people you know making your stuff in the factories and cooking your steak and all that. Um, he had he had made a response to what Barry Weiss had said on Twitter. And he brought race into it. She wasn't talking about race. What she, what her entire article was about was people on both the left and the right are afraid. And they're afraid of getting canceled. And this is something we've been talking about since we started doing this. They're afraid of getting canceled if they say the wrong thing. So people are self-censoring. What she means is if I live in a blue state and I'm a Trump supporter. I am going to be hesitant to mention that I'm a Trump supporter to people for fear of reprisal. Just like if you are a Democrat in a in a red state, you may be hesitant to say, well, hey, you know, I support socialism or socialist ideas or, hey, I support Joe Biden even. And but what she found was that the real people, the people who are really scared of reprisal are scared of reprisal from the far left. 
It's the far left that people are scared of. When when Jason Johnson replied to this tweet, he replied to it, but he's he basically what he said was, you know, well, black people already have to work, you know, so hard to even get into law school. Um, you know, let's let's forget about all the self-censoring they have to do to get there. You know, all we care about is we have to censor ourselves from saying the N-word. I'm obviously I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. He brought race into it. Oh, well, you're talking about self-censoring. Obviously, what you must mean is that you just want to say the N-word and you're mad that you can't. That's not what she said at all. She wasn't, she didn't talk about race in the in the in the entire article. And it wasn't just an article. I mean, it was an essay. It was a it was a long story. And again, if you haven't read it, you should read it. Um that's not what she was talking about. It had nothing to do with race. But this, and this is a journalism professor. Do you want your kids learning from somebody like this? He brings race into it. Because clearly, anytime we're talking about people are upset that they have to self-censor or not be honest about how they feel about something, must be because it's their, their racism that they want to let out. I mean, you want to talk about racism, people, that's racism right there. So anyway... And I'm, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. Joy Reid responded to that tweet. And that's where she said that conservatives would give all the tax cuts back if they could only openly say the N-word without having to worry about here's, being oppressed. Here's the thing. This bullcrap mantra that keeps getting spewed from these people's mouths about systemic racism and how we're inherently racist. It is a conspiracy theory akin to what the people that read QAnon believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's out there. Absolute lunacy. Yes. Lunacy. Absolutely. They think Marjorie Taylor Greene is crazy. These theories about systemic racism and inherent racism felt by anybody that's not a person of color or might be wilder than the Jewish, Jewish space lasers. Well, to, to be fair, um, she may be a little off center. I'm not <laughs> disputing that. <laughs> she's, she's, I'm she's, not defending Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> she's the far right's version to AOC. She absolutely is. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, we're talking about Texas and Mississippi reopening. And, and again, obviously my opinion to that is that's awesome. Uh, but since we're talking about Texas, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Texas Governor Greg Abbott declaring that the Lone Star State is taking a stand against online censorship of conservatives and Governor Abbott is backing new legislation to combat the practice. Okay, I, I'm of a couple minds here because, first of all, new regulations on private companies, uh, companies generally speaking, goes completely against my less government is good philosophy. But in a case like this, when you have YouTube and Twitter and Facebook who have who have shown, they have demonstrated over the last year that they're not only not reliable and they're not unbiased, but they've also shown that they cannot be trusted to not interfere in politics and elections. So that said, Urban the Millennial, we're talking about now legislation in the state of Texas, which is Senate Bill 12, which would prohibit online censorship based on the views expressed or repeated by a social media user in the state of Texas. Give me your thoughts. What are your feelings on this, man? So first and foremost, these social media companies have just, they've really gotten too big. And the, some of the things that they fact check and some of the things that they, that they do are, they don't go, they don't fall into the culture of free speech. Um, I know that they're not breaking any laws, Yet. Any free, free free speech laws, um, that's the, the the First Amendment doesn't even really apply to them because they're not a government entity. But how, however, when we talk about culture, we talk about we talk about cancel culture. We talk about the culture of free speech. We don't have a free speech free speech culture on these social media platforms, do we, JP? Well, we don't have a free speech culture anywhere. I mean, no, I mean, let's be let's be honest. You know, if you go to a college campus, do you feel like you're free to speak your mind? No, absolutely not. If you have, I mean, if you were free to speak your mind, Ben Shapiro would not need armed security to go to, to Berkeley. Yeah, to take him on and off college campuses. And, you know, the, the, why, why I bring up the culture about this is because, as Andrew Breitbart would always say, culture is upstream of politics. So eventually, culture always spills into politics. So if we don't have a free speech culture right now, when at what point does that, does that Venn diagram meet? 
Yeah, and that's a, that's some scary stuff. And it's scary when you have any one party in control of the White House and the House of Representatives and the Senate. I mean, the whole the whole idea of having the the legislature and the the White House and or the executive and the the the, uh, the judicial is that you've got checks and balances. But when you have so much control in the hands of one party, then yeah, it becomes scary, especially when you have all of these big tech companies who are absolutely backing the one party who happens to be in well, control. They didn't... They, Twitter wouldn't even let anybody post about the Hunter Biden story that ends up actually being true. Um, they, they, they banned the New York Post's Twitter account for couple weeks was it yeah and, and and the new york post because they're the, such a conservative outlet right right exactly but you see, these these places have way too much power um and good for them they they've created these giants uh giant companies um good for them more power to them but at this point in time we almost need a trust buster teddy roosevelt these these companies survive under the protection of 230 Section and, 230 of the Internet Decency Act. Yes, uh, yes, thank you. Uh, and they're surviving under Section 230 because they are saying, okay, we are a platform, therefore we have protection under the law. People can say things that are egregiously erroneous, and we can't be held liable because we are a platform, not a publisher. But at, then at the same time, they're saying, okay, we don't like what this person or this group or this type of person is saying. We don't like what this company is saying. We don't like what this media entity is saying. So we are going to, we are going to eliminate their ability to say that on our platform. Now, that, at that point, my opinion and the opinion of a lot of the conservatives out there, where I happen to agree with the conservatives on this issue, is at that point they should lose their section 230 protection because they're becoming publishers they are now deciding what gets to be said and what does not get to be said on their platform so it's funny that you bring bring us here because mark zuckerberg actually was questioned in front of the senate um, on this issue at one point or another and you know it was kind of an unfair unfair format for mark zuckerberg simply because at one po at one point, he's having to explain to an 82 year old senator from like Rhode Island what the internet is, <laughs> and then like the next one, he's got Ted Cruz. Just well, you know, maybe maybe Joe Biden should hire him uh, to teach uh, black and brown people how to use the internet because according to Biden, uh, most of those folks don't know how to. Yeah, use the I mean, when but no, it's so you know, t all of a sudden he's having to ex explain to explain. One, to one senator how Facebook monetizes and then all of a sudden Ted Cruz comes in all guns a-blazing with, a, uh, with a, a line of questioning that would make any prosecutor drool and Mark Zuckerberg's basically having to legally defend himself. And that's that. That was the point that Ted Cruz made made as well. You you censor conservatives, but you you let you let the liberals say what basically whatever they want to. And at the end of the day, I think that's I think that's a very fair criticism that you're becoming an editor, so therefore you should be responsible for your content on the internet on the on your websites. And once that happens, it's game over for these social media platforms. I, I agree. I agree. I think that, and and I agree with uh, I agree with Ted Cruz. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, I um, I like Ted Cruz. I mean, I can't stand Ted Cruz, but I like Ted Cruz. Uh, the guy is brilliant, and man, it's fun to it's just fun to watch him go after somebody because he is such an amazing prosecutor. He's the best prosecutor of uh, your and my time. Yeah, I I, th I think that's probably accurate. Maybe of all time, uh, he is absolutely. Uh, who was it? One, uh, one of the senators had a coffee mug that said, I like Ted Cruz more than, uh, what was it? I, I, like, I like Ted Cruz more than any of my colleagues, and I hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> He's one guy that you would you'd listen to, you would listen to talk, but you wouldn't want to go grab a beer with him. No, no, no. Um, I mean, seriously, yeah. You, God, who the hell would want to be trapped alone in a room with Ted Cruz? But that said, man, I love that he's there questioning people. So we're getting off track here, and, and that's uh, that's my fault. I apologize. But, but yeah, I think that look, you you have to, and when I say you, YouTube, Google, Twitter, Facebook, these companies need to decide. They need to decide: Do we want the protection of Section Two Thirty? 
If you want the protection of Section 230, then you should not be allowed to edit or discriminate against or censor content on the platform, period. Okay. Now, if you want to make exceptions for uh, we don't allow X-rated content sure. on our on our platform. Obviously, we only allow decent pictures on our platform. There's that a, kind of stuff. There's a very responsible way to rewrite two th- section two thirty. Um, and with respect to the things that you're mentioning, there is an absolute easy, very very easy way to rewrite two thirty and basically say, okay, you can. You have to have some sort of moderation on your on your platforms. Sure, people can't people can't just go. Well, actually, it uh, can't be anarchy, or you'll end up with. Actually, Twitter. Actually, Twitter. Twitter doesn't censor uh, censor nudity or any or X-rated content at all. But really, Hunter, Hunter uh, you can't tell the Hunter Biden laps, laptop story. Which is, you know, that's insane. Obviously, we're talking about old news there. I mean, that was that was you know, pre-election 2020. But yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. And and frankly, they should have lost their Section 230 protection uh, as soon as that came out. Well, it was ridiculous. On this podcast, we liken Twitter to. Uh, as pleasurable of a place to be as Andrew Cuomo's taint. That is not what we like in Twitter to. Urban the Millennial. That's Urban the Millennial at uh, politicalpopculture.com. Anyway, no. It's the bathroom floor of society, you sick bastard. Anyway, I tend to be pretty libertarian when it comes to uh, when it comes to government intrusion on private business. But here I can even if I don't, even in my heart, even if I don't necessarily agree with the idea of government regulating private industry, here I can at least, you can, you can make, I think, a, a cogent argument that something needs to be done to make sure that everybody has a level playing field. Yeah, okay, we're not talking about freedom of, uh, freedom of speech. We're not talking about the First Amendment because this isn't a, a government outfit, sure. But we're also talking about a platform where, as sad as it is, the majority of people now get their news from Facebook. And controls a lot of the narratives. Yeah, it absolutely controls the narrative. And, and here's, the, here's a question to ask yourself. If it wasn't for Facebook, if it wasn't for Twitter, if it wasn't for YouTube, if it wasn't for Google and the way that they direct people's searches, would Joe Biden be in the White House right now? No. I think that that's a fair question, and I think Irvin the Millennial gave the correct answer. I think that if these platforms had been, to to uh, to, to steal Fox News's uh, tagline, if they had been fair and balanced, I do not believe that Joe Biden would have won the election. The Hunter Biden laptop story was enough to sink him in late October, early November. Absolutely, it's not a it's not a hard jump there for you to say that Twitter basically kept Joe Biden in the lead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and of course the way that they've treated Donald Trump since the election banning permanently banning his account. Um I think Twitter or not Twitter, I think uh, YouTube has also now banned uh Trump's uh, That was purely political. Of course it you was. You can't you can't say that it's not. Of course it was. Uh, we're we're only going to suspend his account until the threat of violence has passed. What threat of violence? What threat Anyway, I'm getting off track here again. I apologize. Um, I get a little, I get a little irritated about some of this stuff, and I, the reason I get irritated about it is because I don't like to see anybody treated unfairly. And when you take an entire group of people and you say, "Okay, we are not going to allow your opinion to be heard. We are going to take the opinion of people who disagree with your point of view, and we're going to let them say whatever they want." But when you have something to say, we're going to shut down the conversation. Man, it's not right. And again, while generally speaking, I tend to be anti-government and certainly anti-government intrusion. In a case like this, I do think that you could make a legitimate case to say, okay, yeah, I think that the government needs to step in and if not break these companies up, certainly at least take the power away from them. You're either a platform or you're a publisher. And if you're a publisher, then you lose the 230. And if you're if you're a, a platform, then you have to let everybody speak. So you're basically saying, do you want to do business or do you not want to do business? Yeah, exactly. Because as, if, if Section 230 isn't around anymore, these, these places will absolutely get sued into the ground. Yeah, because, and they deserve to be. 
They because deserve the, to be. The moment, the, the moment you're responsible for your content. I mean, you've read some of the terrible things people say on Twitter. Oh and my God! The the yeah. moment, the moment, you, the moment somebody sues these companies for the, for their content, and when when they're able to do that, it's over for them. So they would always choose. Okay, let's let's be yep. platforms, not editors. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and that's what this whole thing in Texas is about with with Governor Abbott. He wants he wants Texans to be able to sue social media for censorship. So, yeah, so the thing about this bill is that it is uh, it's going to allow citizens to actually sue over censorship and that that's too broad a term. So basically what it's going to do is SB12 allows users to get a court judgment that orders them back online and only their attorney fees would be paid by the social media company if the person prevails in court. And so in other words, they can't sue for damages. They can't sue and say, oh, well, you cost me X amount of dollars or you did X amount of damage to me because you didn't allow my opinion online. But they can say, okay, look, we're going to court. We're going to get a judge to order you to put us back on uh, back on the platform. And anything that we spend in legal fees, you're going to be responsible for. So I don't see how you make this jump without making it okay for businesses to sue social media platforms either because i mean if you're offline for 24 36 hours and it costs you that amount of money i don't see how that can't be can't be considered damages so that might be something down the road well the real the real question is whether or not it would pass constitutional muster because there are already federal laws that dictate what can and can't be done as far as blocking and and whatnot online so so this is going to be this is this might be a good start for Abbott, but this is going to be something that ultimately might have to be decided at the legislature. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, and you know, it, it certainly is going to end up at, at one time or another, whether it goes through the the legislature or not, it's going to end up in the Supreme Court. Absolutely. And one nice thing about the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court has a tendency to come down on the side of freedom. It hasn't been universally true. But generally speaking, especially in First Amendment type cases, and again, not First Amendment because it's a private industry, but uh, but generally speaking, when it comes to freedom of speech, you know, SCOTUS does the right thing. So hopefully, hopefully they'll do the right thing here, and and uh, you know, hopefully it won't come to that point. Hopefully, at, at some point, you will see these tech companies look come out and say, "Look, okay." We are in the tank for the left, but if you're not in the tank for the left, you still have a place to to, to speak here. So, uh, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? It would be nice if we could finally get. Well, Sorry, go ahead. No, and and on top of on top of all this, you've got social media, and then you've got the 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 mainstream media all in in the tank for the left. So really, like they they control most of our major institutions, and. With that being said, the right's going to have to fight back, and this might be one place, but at the end of the day, I think you fight back culturally as well. Rumble's a great start for competing business. It is, and uh, obviously we've got a presence on on Rumble. I um, I have started posting our videos to, to Rumble, or my videos to Rumble, and our uh, podcast videos to Rumble. Uh, we're starting to take off there. By the way, if you're not on Rumble, rumble.com, uh, go ahead and, and check it out. It is kind of a conservative answer to YouTube. Now, I'll be honest, the the platform is not as polished as YouTube. It's maybe not quite as easy to find exactly what you're looking for as it is on YouTube. And of course, you don't have the amount of content that you have on YouTube. But that said, if you are looking, specifically if you're looking for political content or content that doesn't have a big left swing to it, uh, you definitely need to check out Rumble because there are some great, really, really great content creators on Rumble. And then there's political pop culture. So, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely check it out. And if you get if you get on there, subscribe to our channel. Uh, I, I really think if you like our podcast, you're going to like what we're doing there. So, uh, and you know, it's always fun to always fun to to check out you know fun videos online. And speaking of fun videos online. It, uh, it would not feel like a political pop culture podcast if we did not talk a little bit about a cancel culture story. And this week has really been a floozy, a doozy. So hot MILF Crystal Jackson, known to her OnlyFans page as uh, Mrs. Poindexter, was outed 
by a neighbor for posting risque photos in a private forum. And the fallout from her being outed resulted in her kids being expelled from the Catholic school that they attend. I am a recovering Catholic. I was always taught, I went to Catholic school, and I was always taught, you hate the sin, you love the sinner. I don't see how you make a valid argument that says, this woman is doing something we don't agree with, so we're going to punish her children. Now, I will say it's a Catholic school, so maybe maybe the parents signed some kind of a contract that said they would not behave in a way that was counter to, uh, counter to the teachings of the church. And I suppose you could make the argument that, uh, that posting racy images online is counter to church teachings. But again, my personal opinion here is you don't punish the kids. Um, the kids, frankly, once the story's out, the kids are going to get punished by the other kids. I mean, it's, yeah, they are, they kids are, kids are just brutal. Yeah. They're awful. Yeah. And, and, you know, she's got uh, three boys under the age of 12. They are going to be victimized because of what their mother is doing. They can't wait to get to college. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want, I want to start off this story by saying I personally JP, I personally feel terrible for this woman's kids, not because I think she's doing anything wrong, but because what she's doing is going and because of how much attention she's now gotten for it. Her kids are absolutely going to be uh, victims in this and they, they already are, but it's going to be worse and it's not going to get any better, you know, probably for an extended period of time for those kids. And I feel bad for them. So that said, I'm looking at a story that says Catholic school AD resigns after kids expelled for mother's Internet modeling. So anybody that's not familiar with this story, if you haven't heard the story, there is a woman by the name of Crystal Jackson in uh, California. Her husband, she took some kind of racy pictures of her and posted them on Reddit. And this, man, this is honestly, this is an Urban the Millennial story because I don't do Reddit and I don't do, you know, a lot of these chat groups and stuff. I mean, that's, that's kind of your bag. But posted some pictures on Reddit and I guess a bunch of people told, uh, told them, oh my God, you know, you guys should have an OnlyFans page. And they're like, what the hell is OnlyFans? Which, by the way, was exactly what I said until uh, I was reading this, <laughs> reading up on this story. I had no idea that. Only fans existed. I'm on the internet 12 hours a day, and I had no idea. Uh, so anyway, they start this uh, this Only Fans page. It says Jackson and other women appear nude and partially nude in photos and videos on the account. Now she did say that Miss um, Jackson did say that she does not do anything pornographic. I know that there's somebody listening and say, oh well, you know they're they're nude on on in pictures and video. That's pornographic. That's not true. That's not true. There, there's there is a monumental difference between smut and porn. You know, that's a debate we can have another day. But let's just, for the sake of argument here, let's just all agree that she's not doing anything pornographic. She's just taking some racy pictures. Okay. One of her neighbors found these uh, these pictures of her on this OnlyFans page. And again, I'm on the internet all day, every day. It's, I'm on the internet for my job. I'm on the internet uh, working for political pop culture. I am on the internet all the time. I have never heard of OnlyFans. If I haven't heard of it, let me tell you, somebody had to go looking for it. They didn't just stumble across her pictures. You know, they were looking for content. But somebody found her content, said, oh my God, this is this is great gossip, took it to their wife who said, uh, oh my God, this is great gossip, who took it to all the, the other women in the neighborhoods who said, oh my God, this is great gossip. And then somebody said, oh, well, we got to get, you know, we got to punish this woman. We got to punish her. We got to put this is this is cancel culture, but coming from the other direction. Now, we've been talking about cancel culture. We've been talking. Everybody's been talking about Gina Carano and Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and how, oh, my God, Gina Carano has conservative ideas. So she's being canceled by the left at Lucasfilm. And here we have a story where it's a strong woman who's, um, you know, using her sexuality to uh, to generate income, it's now it's people. I assume people on the right uh, who are punishing her and wanting to cancel her. And let me tell you, cancel culture is wrong. Period. I don't care if you don't like her pictures. I don't care. It doesn't give you the right to first of all print her copyrighted pictures and show them around to other people. It doesn't give you the right to take those pictures to the school of her children and get her kids expelled from school. Because let me tell you, these kids didn't do anything wrong. And frankly, 
Mrs. Jackson did not do anything wrong either. Mrs. Poindexter is what they called the real Mrs. Poindexter. So I've and I've kind of blown through kind of blown through the whole segment just in my little opening there. But you know, Irvin the Millennial, tell me what you think about this, man. So I, this is what I would tell you probably happened here. Some middle-aged man was on TikTok, saw that there was an only that that some some content creator on TikTok had an OnlyFans page, got an OnlyFans and and opened his entire world to OnlyFans. He's like, oh my gosh. And that's where he probably found out, found this, the real Mrs. Poindexter. From there, of course, he shows shows the picture of oh hey here's the, here's the, uh, here's the neighbor here's here's so and so's mom and dad and I would I would actually bet that these these uh, rumors and this gossip started in circles of men first oh sure and then sure. spilled over to their wives yeah and somebody somebody was looking at this online yeah and there's like oh my god you forgot know, that's, to close the tab out isn't that isn't that uh, the jackson's mom crap she's hot that's exactly what happened oh my god she's got an only fans page oh my where's my credit card oh, where's my credit card that's exactly yeah. and, so, and somebody's, somebody's wife walked in and saw it or or somebody <laughs> or somebody saw the only fans charge on the credit card as well and then that's when somebody Steve, got, what the hell is this yep, and that's when jealousy got to somebody and also they saw the level of income that this lady was generating and got really upset that one their husband was looking at pictures of her on the internet and two she was generating that level of income from them, so I think this is pretty apolitical. Yeah, and, and speaking of um, speaking of level of income, uh, apparently, apparently, uh, Mrs. Jackson was bringing in was generating revenue between a hundred and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. That's insane uh, money. Which, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, that is fu money. I, I mean, that <laughs> yeah. is. That that's enough money that you know you should be able to walk into your boss's desk, drop or walk into your boss's office, drop your trousers, climb up on his desk, and just take a crap, and be like, you know, I'm out of here. <laughs> that that's exactly right. So I think I think jealousy has a lot to do with this, and and one one person being really hurt that their husband was looking at these pictures of somebody that they knew and trying to punish this person. And yeah, because clearly, clearly, it's the real Mrs. Poindexter's fault that your husband isn't happy and is looking at pictures of other that's women. That's exactly right. And you know what? We better make the, these kids collateral damage. Why? Because I'm so upset. Yep. Yeah. I think that that is absolutely an astute observation. Uh, I think that that is, is almost certainly what actually happened here. I think that you have... Um, you have, like I was saying, uh, you have a Mecca Karen who is just absolutely aghast that her husband is looking at other pictures. And, you know, she is probably a real joy to live with. Seen it a hundred times. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, I will tell you this, you know, I have, uh, I have known in my life, I have known both men and women. I have known both men and women who have been unfaithful to their partners. And in 100% of the cases that I am aware of, and granted, my, you know, my circle is fairly small. 100% of the cases that I am personally familiar with, the people who cheated on their significant other did so with reason. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying that what they did was right. What I'm saying is they had reason. Whether it was they were not getting the emotional support from their, from their significant other that they needed, they were not getting the, 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 the physical attention from their significant other that they needed, um, there was always a reason. So let me tell you, if your significant other is looking at pictures of, of people online, there's a reason. Maybe they just wanted to know what the hell Shibari was. I had to look it up. <laughs> but, you know, hey, now I know Shibari is Japanese, uh, you know, rope tying, which looks really sensual and terrifying as hell. <laughs> but again, now I, I, I know what it is. So maybe they just, you know, they, they heard a new word from one of their friends or colleagues and they were looking it up. Give them the benefit of the doubt. But maybe, maybe they're looking because they're fantasizing and there's nothing wrong with fantasizing as long as that fantasizing doesn't, you know, then step out of the house and, and lead to something else. And if you're at that point, hey, maybe it's time to, to talk about couples therapy. But what it's not time to do is ruin somebody else's life because your your significant other was looking at their pictures online. And certainly there's no justification for ruining the lives of the kids. 
Uh, those kids, like I said at the beginning of this segment, th- those kids are going to have a hard enough time just because of what their mom is doing. Okay, twelve under all three of her boys under twelve. I guarantee you, when those kids are teenagers, somebody would have found their their mom's pictures online, and you know it was it would have come out anyway. But now, you know now these kids are never going to escape. There's nowhere that they can go where they can escape this, and that's tragic for the kids. It's tragic for the parents. It's tragic for the school. And it's tragic for the uh, uh, for the Catholic diocese that uh, did not stand up for those children. Uh, I think this is a real black eye for for that diocese, for the school, and for uh, well, uh, just for humankind in general. I, I absolutely think it's disgusting what uh, what happened here. Irvin, you have anything that you'd like to add to that? No, I think yeah, I think we're we've wrapped it up pretty well there. All right. Well, um, this has, uh, you know, this has been an interesting week. I think we've got a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of interesting topics to talk about. I think we, we went off the rails a few times, which we are want to do. Did you say rails? I think we're, we're doing rails after the show. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, we, uh, we had a good time today. We talked about a lot of stuff and, uh, if you like to let us know what you think, man, let us know in the comments. Send us a message. You can contact us, uh, contact at politicalpopculture.com. You can follow us on Rumble, YouTube. Uh, where else are we? Twitter, Facebook, at Pol Pop Cult on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Rumble. And uh, for Irvin the Millennial, I am JP. And we will look forward to seeing you on the next show.